Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we are saved, redeemed, restored, and renewed. Being a leader is hard work. And you probably don't realize this until you've actually been put into a position where you're in charge. I remember sometimes during the last year where I see William and Joshua realizing leadership is a hard work when you're the only eighth graders and everyone else is kind of looking up to you. And I see that in both of them, the leadership in the school and how some of the smaller kids look up to the bigger kids. In one particular occasion, I remember Joshua coming home from school exhausted and I asked him, well, what was so hard about your day? Why are you so exhausted? He said, well, I'm just so tired of everyone asking me what we're going to do at recess. (laughs) (laughs) It can be exhausting when you are making all the decisions and people keep asking you. Likewise, William, I remember another occasion not too long ago where I saw him at recess And he was running for his life. And behind him was a crowd of little people chasing after him frantically. Soon they caught up to him and they're dragging him and pulling him this way and that way, trying to get him to do what they wanted. There's a line in the movie Spider-Man where someone tells Spider-Man with great privilege comes great responsibility. When Jesus needed to teach his disciples what it meant to be leaders, he did it over a conversation at breakfast. They're on the shores of Galilee, and he's risen from the dead now, appearing to them the third time. Jesus begins a confirmation question and answer, and he has this question, just one, for Peter. Do you love me? Now, many of us would think, well, Maybe that's the easiest question I could ever get for my confirmation examination. And yet, at the same time, we know it's probably the hardest. Peter's grieved because Jesus asks him this question three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Of course, Lord, you know that I love you. What is Jesus doing by asking this question three times to Peter? I think he's teaching us about leadership. When I was young, I used to think being in charge was the easiest job you could have. Because as soon as you're in charge, you could tell everyone else what to do. I had a friend who told me the same thing. He said that his dream job when he grew up was to be a CEO. So that when he got older, he could just put his feet up on the desk, slam the phone down, and just tell other people to go do the work. I know for a fact that leadership can go to people's head in this way. Just watch what happens when I put the eighth graders in charge of my catechism class. And suddenly uh, all this power goes to their head and everyone else becomes a victim of their power. Actually, I think that's what many adults are tempted to think and do as well. 
Peter himself seemed to have a CEO kind of mindset, an extroverted personality, the type that was a born leader, first to act, first to speak. But it was, in fact, those qualities that also were his greatest weakness. They were also the qualities that got him into trouble. And Jesus had to warn Peter just before his death as they are sitting around another meal. And he says to Peter, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Just as Jesus has to ask Peter three times, do you love me? Peter had denied Jesus that he loved Jesus three times. Jesus has to warn us of what is coming and what temptation will mean. There's an interesting song that was written by Sarah Sparks, And she has an album that's designed at the themes of the Chronicles of Narnia. So each song revisits one of C.S. Lewis's stories about the Chronicles of Narnia. And she has one song called Puddle Grum's Anthem. And if you haven't read The Silver Chair, just bear with me. But in that story, in this song, she's picturing this character, which I imagine is herself, but through the eyes of Peter. And she writes... But at the first chill of the night, I gave up his words for the warmth of a fire and traded his love for a lie. I said, I'll never forget. I will call out your name through the storm until death. But the crow came three times, as he said, and I held tight my tongue just to save my own head. And I watched from the ground as he bled. How could Jesus think that Peter was the one to feed his sheep? How could Jesus think that Peter was the one to care for his flock when he's gone? Of all the disciples, Peter is the story that's singled out. And throughout the Gospels, it's singled out not because of his qualities on the positive side, but because of the negatives his pride or his stubbornness or his overconfidence. And yet Jesus knows that what Peter has to go through is what every leader has to go through. Failure. Jesus knows the very worst thing that could happen to Peter to fail on an epic scale three times is the very thing he needs to go through in order to become the man that Jesus wants him to be. Jesus requires in leaders that they have failed, they're flawed, and they're foolish before they are redeemed, resurrected, and reborn. This is what Jesus is up to. When he says, Simon, do you love me? He means that being in charge of his flock will be like Jesus being in charge. It'll mean following the leader. It'll mean going through the experiences that Jesus went through and leading the way that he led as the good shepherd. 
What a confirmation message Jesus gives to Peter when he says, follow me. Maybe some of you remember playing follow the leader. Can any of you even remember the last time you played that? Maybe you played it with a toddler or a little kid. Often we, we start out really, really young, preschool, kindergarten, and we teach them the game follow the leader. But do you think you're too old now for games like this? This is a game we should never stop playing. It starts when we're very young. One person leads, the other copies what they do. So I want you to try it with me and see if you can follow along. So clap your hands. Wait, you have to wait till I do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Pat your head. Rub your tummy. Now pat your bed and rub your tummy at the same time. Now clap your hands at the same time. <laughs> so as we play follow the leader, the person in charge gets to decide what everyone behind him does. But you'll notice with toddlers that at first they really don't know what things to do. What should I, what should I do that all the kids should copy? And so an adult has to step in and teach them what to do. See, every leader is really a follower. Every leader begins by following, by learning from someone else that would lead before them. And without that person ahead of them, we're pretty well lost. So as children, we use a game like this, follow the leader to teach them to grow up into maturity, to become adults, where they can be in charge, they can lead, they can take over. They can have the freedom to make the choices themselves. And yet, with Jesus, it kind of works the opposite way. He says to Peter, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. When Peter was young, he did what he wanted. He spoke when he felt like it. He was a born leader. Yet, these are the leadership qualities Jesus had to transform. In fact, he, before he could be a born-again leader, he needed to be, before he was a born leader, he needed to be a born-again leader. After falling and rising, Jesus shows him things will be different. When you were young, you got yourself dressed. When you're old, someone else will dress you. Those of us who have lived long in life or who have taken care of an elderly person know that when you're young, there's more freedom and independence. And as you get older, that freedom and independence starts to get taken away. Now do you see what Jesus means by do you love me? What he means is become like me. Abide in my love and you will bear fruit. Many don't see or understand the meaning of being a leader. Most of the world's ambition to leadership is to take over, not just take over, but overthrow the leader. How many stories of the Old Testament 
are about a king who is betrayed and overthrown by the one behind him. How many stories in the world are about leaders stepping on top of each other, betraying each other, just trying to climb the ladder at any expense to the people that is around them in order to be on top? This, in fact, is exactly what led to Jesus' death. Leaders who weren't willing to give up control to God. Leaders who needed to stay in charge for their own sake rather than for the sake of the people under them. And that's why Jesus had to give up control. Likewise, Peter had to do the same thing. Jesus is predicting here how Peter will die. The symbol for the Apostle Peter, if you look it up on the internet, you'll see is an upside-down cross. That upside-down cross is symbolizing Peter's death. You see, Peter also was crucified. Only he didn't feel worthy to be crucified the way his Lord was, and so the cross was placed upside-down. Jesus is predicting And in fact, by the time that John's writing this, Peter is probably already dead. And John is recounting how Jesus had predicted. When you grow old, another will take you where you don't want to go. As Peter's thinking about this, he's beginning to wonder about the guy sitting next to him. So, William and Joshua, have you ever compared yourselves to each other? Never, I'm sure. You ever compared what the other person is doing or what the other person's getting away with or how the other person has it easier than you do? That'll probably continue in sports or academics, friendships, girlfriends. In the story, Peter begins to think, what about this other guy? He says to Jesus, but what about him? Can't you just see this unfolding? And Peter has so much to learn still. The stories of the disciples are constantly comparing themselves to each other. Which one is going to be the greatest? Well, if I have to die, what about this other person? And Jesus has to clarify things. When I look at Peter and John, I really see a little bit of Peter and a little bit of John in both of you. You can decide which qualities you want. Jesus responds, If it is my will that John remain until I come, what does that matter to you? You follow me. That's a powerful message for us. Apparently, the rumor had spread about John and that he, too, uh, that he was going to live forever because he wasn't like Peter. That the disciple whom Jesus loved was just never going to die or maybe be taken to heaven like Elijah. And Jesus says, no, uh, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, we know that John ended up being exiled on Patmos and probably spent the rest of his life there. If he did make it back to Ephesus He likely would have died a martyr's death also. 
But whichever way we look at it, whether your life ends early or your life ends late, whether you feel your health is going the way it should and you have the freedoms you want because the Lord's blessed you or your health is taken away and your freedoms are taken away, whether you feel you've fulfilled all the things Jesus wants you to do or you feel like you failed, wherever your life is at, whatever circumstances come upon you in the years ahead, Jesus wants you to just remember one thing. Don't worry about anyone else. Don't compare yourself to anyone else's circumstances. Just follow the leader. So Peter will follow the leader to the cross. So John will follow the leader to exile. So Joshua will follow the leader and William will follow the leader wherever he leads you. In the story of Joshua, he follows the leader to the promised land. And Joshua has to face all those battles in front of him. Great armies and nations that he is leading his people into. By the end of the story, by the end of the book of Joshua, he becomes discouraged, wondering what's going to happen after he's gone. These people to continue to turn away to sin and temptation. What does it all matter? And he boils it down to this one line. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Likewise, in William's passage on the resurrection, if the whole world is seeming to offer something better, something more profitable, something more proof positive and reasonable and scientific, even though everything should surpass what the Lord is offering you, Paul says, your labor is never in vain because Christ is risen. And so the song by Sarah Sparks has another verse. But oh, you complete your plans with our broken hands. You have shown I have seen you work, raising life up from the dirt. This I know, see that thread of sin, seamlessly woven in, this I know. See the lion, see the lamb. You complete your plans, this I know. Amen.